Welcome to the Hay House Meditations Podcast, featuring guided meditations from all your favorite Hay House authors. This is Stuart Wilde. Welcome to our two-tape metronome series of relaxing sounds to help you meditate. On this side, I want to talk a bit about meditation and to discuss these metronome sounds so that you understand them, so that you can incorporate them into your daily meditation practice. There are five main levels of brain speed that have been identified by researchers. The lowest is called delta. That's where your brain is oscillating at approximately half to four cycles a second. Delta is the brain speed of the catatonic state. To all intents and purposes, in Delta, you're normally unconscious. You have little or no feeling of your physical body. Most people can't generate Delta as a brain rhythm without falling asleep. The next level up is Theta. Theta oscillates at approximately four to six cycles per second, meaning that at that speed, a fair proportion of your brain cells are oscillating in the four to six cycle wave band. Of course, the brain constantly oscillates across various speeds simultaneously. So when we talk of the alpha or theta state, what we mean is that your brain is predominantly in alpha or theta at any one particular moment. Theta is the wave band of the trance state. In trance, you can feel the sensations of the physical body. However, they are remote. It's easy to learn to enter into a trance state and stay awake using the theta metronome, which you will find on tape two of this series. It's really only a matter of practice. The process is simple. The metronome is a series of clicks oscillating at the correct speed. The brain, listening to the clicks, automatically adjusts itself to that particular oscillation. However, because theta is normally the wave band of sleep, you will usually nod off especially if you're tired or you have been exercising. The trick is, through practice, to hover around the sleep state and not fall asleep. The theta state is a very exciting area of brainwave activity, not just because of the visions and phenomena like the out-of-body experience and ESP, but because in theta, you're close to the subconscious mind, where your deepest impulses and urges and motivations lie. Through theta, you enter into a dialogue with the subconscious. The information comes to you via subtle feelings, and later on through symbols and visions. In this way, you discover who you actually are, and what you are best suited for in this life. Learning about yourself, and learning about the nature of your subconscious mind, which of course has been created from your memories in this lifetime, is the first step towards transcendence. So, in the theta state, there's an enormous amount of information and learning that is not normally available to you in the conscious waking state. The level of brainwave activity that is one up from theta is called alpha. Of course, this is really well known. Loads and loads of books have been written about it, and there are all sorts of courses that you can go on to learn to generate alpha. Alpha is somewhere in the range of seven cycles a second and above. It's the brain speed that we generate during the dream state. When you dream, you experience rapid eye movement. Your eyeballs are moving back and forth under your eyelids. In this REM dream state, your brain will be predominantly in alpha. 
Alpha is also the brain speed of enhanced learning, super learning as it's sometimes called. It is the brain speed of relaxation, stress management and intuition. So learning to achieve alpha takes you down inside yourself. Above that, we come to the normal waking state, which is beta. This is normally trotting along at about 14 cycles a second and above. The beta brain speed is vital because it is a place where daily life occurs, along with most of your logical reasoning. It's where you access a lot of the information that you need just to make it through the day. Above that, there's a brain speed called the K-band, which is around 30 to 33 cycles a second. In this wave band, the brain is moving fast. In recent years, researchers have discovered that sometimes the brain spikes into this speed, and sometimes even at higher oscillations. It's almost as if the brain suddenly hurries up. Not a lot is known about the K-band and what its benefits are, if any. So we don't offer it to people as a meditative technique, not only because it's moving too fast, but because we really don't know why the brain spikes into this particular wave band and what its reason is. There has been some research that says that part of the brain, in the out-of-body experience anyway, is in trance at the four to six cycles theta level, and a part of it sometimes speeds up to 150 cycles a second. We really don't know what these higher brain speeds are all about. However, what we do know for certain is that all the physiological benefits to your body, for example, lower blood pressure, better circulation, more calmness, less stress, and phenomena like psychic perception, ESP, super recall, super learning, enhanced memory, and of course the out-of-body experience, are all generated inside this very low brain speed of the theta wave band. So the focus of our metronomes is to teach you to go from the regular beta or waking state through the lower brain speeds of alpha into theta and delta. Most people, if they're not used to meditating, seem to be a little intimidated by it. I think this is because our image of the meditator is always of some Asian chap in saffron robes sitting cross-legged for endless hours and days and years achieving his nirvana. I think most Westerners think, crikey, I could never develop that kind of stillness, that kind of serenity. And usually we can't. But then we're not required to. The whole point of meditation is that you design it so that it suits you. For example, when you see sacred pictures of the Buddha in the lotus position with his hand up and so on, it all looks so incredibly wonderful, to me anyway. It looks so serene. However, most people can't manage the lotus position without experiencing extremes of pain, and there isn't any reason why they should. Most Asians, generally speaking, are smaller and much more supple than Westerners, and they're certainly more supple than people of African origin, who tend to have a more muscular and athletic structure. So when Asians are required to put one leg on top of the other in the lotus position, for them it isn't particularly difficult. Unless you're Asian, or you're born a ballet dancer, or unless you're naturally supple, the lotus position is absolutely ludicrous for most Western people, especially if you happen to be slightly older than 17 and not a waif-like supermodel, body-wise, that is. So you can basically trash that idea. At first, you should meditate sitting in a chair or under a tree with your back straight, your feet on the ground, and your hands in your lap. Later, when you have more expertise and you know that you won't fall asleep, you can meditate lying down or in a float tank. I suggest that people meditate with their back to the north facing south.
because that is the way that the fields of the earth plane flow from north to south. Meditation is the art of stilling the mind. You may think to yourself, well, why do I need to still the mind? Well, for most people, stilling the mind is not a simple process. They're not used to the idea. Even if they are used to the idea, they don't care for the discipline of it. There's a reason for this. Let me explain. The beta state, 14 cycles a second and above, the waking state, is the state in which the ego reigns supreme as king or queen of your empire. It's where the world of the ego is experienced. The ego personality that you are isn't going to give away its power. If it has a domain at 14 cycles a second, it sure as hell doesn't want you shoving off and disappearing down to 7 cycles a second or 4 cycles a second and disempowering it. So when you ask this ego personality that is the you that you understand as the you to sit still, it protests. And the first thing that happens is it makes your nose itch or your throat itch or you'll cough or you'll want to get up and have a coffee. You'll decide you're not comfortable because the ego isn't comfortable. These distractions are just manifestations of that irritation that the ego feels as its world is being disempowered. It's obstinate. It isn't going to give away its power without a certain tussle. It takes a while. Sometimes the theta metronome that's oscillating at four to six cycles a second can irritate the hell out of you. This is because when your mind is extremely angry or extremely frustrated, it naturally spikes and fires theta. One of the examples that I give in my books, I think it's in affirmations, is that when, say, you're watching a football match and the opposition scores a touchdown or a goal, the anger or the frustration of the goal being scored against your team forces the brain to spike theta. It's a kind of defense mechanism of the brain as it reaches down deep inside of itself for the inner impulses and urges and feelings that are contained inside the subconscious mind. And when it becomes suddenly angry or suddenly frustrated, the brain spikes into this theta wave band. So then in your psychology, in your memory banks, you tend to associate theta with anger and frustration. So then you start playing your metronome and the brain goes to what it remembers. And that's why sometimes that click, 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 click at four to six cycles a second when you first hear it, and when you first start using it, actually makes you angry or irritates you. Of course, the name of the game is to persevere and push on through it until you're used to it. Because in the end, there's a great prize. And the prize is that consolidated, serene person that understands herself, that understands himself, that is in touch with the deepest part where the subconscious mind is and through the subconscious mind to where the sacred self, the eternal self dwells. So in the act of meditation, we not only achieve many physiological and psychological benefits, but we also come to a discipline that involves taming the ego. In the end, this journey we call life, this sacred journey, this magnificent journey is the journey from ego to spirit. There really isn't anything else happening. As you journey away from beta and 14 cycles per second of the waking state, you enter into the sacred dimension of the lower brain speeds. It's the journey away from all of the dysfunction and the programming, all of the importance and the glamour, 
money and consumption. It's a journey from all the intellectuality, the reasoning, the arguments, the politics, the military, the police, the state. It's away from all of that and back to the God force within you. So the first thing about meditation is you've got to want to do it. It isn't necessarily going to be comfortable. It isn't necessarily going to be what the personality wants. It will more than likely, especially at the beginning, bore you like crazy. Because what happens in the early stages is nothing. The mind isn't used to being disempowered into a state of nothing. So it will protest. You'll be sitting there thinking, what the hell am I doing here? Figuring any excuse to get up. But if you can persevere, then bit by bit, things will change. The single most important part of your journey from a human being in the beta ego state, dominated by the ego and the personality, to a human being in the transcendent state is meditation. There is no other known way. I don't accept, and forgive me if this transgresses your beliefs, but I don't believe that some enlightened being can come along and tap you on the head and enlighten you. I think you have to go through the quietening, the serenity, the discipline. You have to go deeply into the subconscious mind to discover who am I? What are my impulses and urges? What are the functions and the dysfunctions that I have to work beyond? Without knowing those things, I don't think you can consider yourself a fully realized human being. So wanting to meditate is step one. Being good at it is not so vital because it only really involves sitting, silence, serenity. It isn't that difficult. So sit in a chair, have your back straight, face the south, take a slow, gentle breath, hold that for a moment and exhale. Take another slow, gentle breath, hold that for a moment and exhale. And as you exhale, tell yourself, hey, I'm going deeper and deeper, more and more relaxed, deeper and deeper. Take three breaths in this way and then start to body talk yourself into a state of relaxation. And there's nothing more to that than just visualizing the various parts of your body in a relaxed state. So you visualize your feet, you visualize your ankle, your legs, your upper torso. It's particularly important to release the tension that's in the muscles of the jaw and the shoulders. So you just tell your shoulders, relax, tell your jaw, relax, and get rid of anything that's particularly bothering you, that's on your mind. So you just sort of say to your mind, hey, look, I appreciate we've got a bunch of problems and the car needs fixing and the cat's got the clap, but we'll handle this later. See your body relaxing and see yourself moving gently away from that reality that we know as external reality. In the end, all these inner dimensions and all of the energy that permeates our reality are just levels of consciousness. By opening up, you reach inside those levels and bit by bit, there is energy there to help you. You begin to develop as a truly trans-dimensional being. Then as you're sitting there, pictures or words will come to you. The ego will try to interrupt you. It'll start to tell you something. It'll start to get you thinking about something, an obligation, a party that you've agreed to go to next week. But you have to push up against that because what you're going to do is establish that the real you the inner you is actually the dominant force in this lifetime, not the personality. So when the personality says to you, hey, we've got to get the car serviced, you say, I don't accept that energy. And you gently push it away. And when another thought comes up, say, 
I don't accept that energy. And again, push it away. Try to create as blank a mind as possible. For most people, 10 seconds of a completely blank mind is tough to do. But bit by bit it comes. And again, you have to persevere. It will be frustrating at times, but then you're not seeking to achieve perfection in 15 minutes. It may take a while, and if you're eternal, what the hell do you care how long it takes? No one can promise you that you will instantly enter into a Buddhist-type serenity. You can't. It's not possible. However, with the help of technology, with the help of the metronome, you can work on it, and you can work on it quickly. It really depends on the level of your desire, as mentioned before. How much do you want to transcend? How much do you want to change? How much do you want to learn about yourself? Okay, you're meditating and dialogue comes to your mind and you gently push it away. Bit by bit, after a while, you're going to see colored blobs that move across your eyes. They move in arcs left to right or right to left. These colored blobs come from the way that the optic nerve works. And what you do is just watch them. They're very pretty and interesting. Let them go. They don't really mean very much. Next, you're going to start to see symbols. Now, the symbols, again, will be moving on a dark background, which, of course, is your eyelids, which are closed. They will be tracking left to right or right to left. More often than not, the symbols will be coming up from the subconscious mind, and they'll come up in strings or groups. So for a week, you'll see faces, like loads and loads of faces, beautiful faces, grotesque faces, old people's faces, young people's faces. And then the faces disappear and your screen melts to darkness and suddenly up come trees. Then you see a hundred different types of trees. And then another week it'll be geometric shapes and another week letters and words. And bit by bit, all of this information passes in front of your eyes. And it's really a way of the subconscious mind beginning to enter into a dialogue with you. It's showing you. And what you're doing is passively watching without any particular opinion, without any particular thought. You're just watching all of these symbols come and go. After that, the screen which is created by your mind and the darkness of your closed eyes goes blank. At that point, there's a long way to travel where nothing in particular happens. So it takes perseverance, it takes tenacity. An odd feeling comes along, a perception, the odd strange symbol, but eventually you'll see images coming at you right up the center of your vision. They come very, very quickly, and they're the ones you're looking for. This is when you've tapped through the subconscious, I believe, into another state of mind. And one of the ways that you can tell this is because the symbols aren't moving in arcs. They're not tracking left to right in a slow, gentle arc. They're coming right up the center. And often the symbols are in their own golden light. They're not just hazy symbols on a dark background. These are symbols that are moving up the center of your vision very, very quickly, standing in their own light. They have an intrinsic feeling, an intrinsic energy of their own. They'll teach you things. They'll show you things. Most of it, in my case anyway, I didn't understand what the hell they meant. It took me years to figure them out. But we're not necessarily looking to understand it all. What we're looking to do is to establish the feeling of being or evolving somewhere else. 
So if you landed in Czechoslovakia for a holiday, you wouldn't expect to necessarily understand what the people are saying if you don't speak Czechoslovakian. But you're happy to sort of breathe in the feeling of Czechoslovakia, to breathe in the culture, to breathe in the music and the sights and the sounds. Well, it's the same in this meditative process. You're looking to sort of step to another world. And although some of it's confusing and some of it is not necessarily what you're used to, there it is. You're watching. You're joining. You're belonging by the very fact that you have this one footprint on the other side. Now, let's talk a little bit about the technical details of these tapes. On the B side of this tape is a heartbeat. That's just a relaxation tape, which is there to induce alpha. Underneath the heartbeat is a synthesizer. The heartbeat is moving at 45 cycles a minute. So it's the resting heart. It's a good tape to use, not only at the beginning when you're learning to meditate, but also when you don't want to do a trance meditation and you just want to sit and relax. Remember that as you enter serenity, you change yourself. You exist as an inner being. In a way, I feel that we're a holographic image inside a planetary soul to which all humanity belongs. So that by changing yourself, you change the evolution of the world. Thank you, and God bless you.
We hope you enjoyed this meditation. To find out more about this author or any Hay House author, please visit hayhouse.com.